This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. All right, so if you have your Bibles in John chapter 13, a new command I give you, so it's new to uh, the listeners. We've probably heard it multiple times. Um, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must, say that together with me, must, must, it's not, it's not a suggestion. You must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Wow. Must love one another. Second Corinthians 13 says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. So, brothers and sisters, strive full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. I've had the pleasure to watch uh, some local high school soccer recently, and one of the challenges, in, uh, as I look in the audience, and Michael, I don't, I'm not sure if you come across this as coaching, is it's not the physical ability of the player, it's the playing as a team. Uh, at least in soccer, I get the sense that it would be really easy to be selfish. You know, instead of playing as a team and passing to the player that has a more clear shot to the goal, uh, someone might, might take, on the, uh, take one or two players on instead. Instead of playing as a team, they're not of one mind. Uh, I happened to be at a game this weekend, and I saw that. You know, the, the team that I was rooting for was down. I mean, it was up, but uh, it was their mental capacity to be in one mind, being united, not making mental mistakes because of selfishness. And so... Uh, when I read this scripture, again, it reminds me of the power of being a, of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. And then it says in verse 12, and I've shared on this subject matter many times, greet one another with a holy kiss. All God's people here send their greetings. And one of the things that we don't do in our culture is we do not greet uh, one another with a holy kiss. Now, if you're in a Spanish culture, and I can't speak for all cultures. I can only speak from what I see and what I've experienced. In Spanish culture, you know, that mom, usually that grandma will just grab you and kiss you and, and pinch you and all those things. And it's, as a little kid, it's annoying. But as you look back, you realize it's just a, a, a greeting of love and care. But the Bible tells us to greet one another with a holy kiss. So what do we do, especially in, in light of uh, COVID? You know, we're not going around kissing people. But even before COVID, we, we normally didn't do that. The American version of a man hug is, uh, you know, pat somebody, one, two, three. If you go to four pats, it's a little, un- it's weird. Now, from what I was told, in Canada, four pats is normal. Uh, in America, it's three pats. Uh, so sometimes I like to joke around and I'll hug someone and I'll do four or five. And then they get the joke and they start holding me. And I'm like, hey, that's okay, that's enough. And so uh, it just culturally, it's not really uh, conducive to embrace one another. But we can compensate and uh, let people know how important they are. 
So uh, I shared this message uh, a year ago, two years ago. It is Martin Luther King weekend. And I, I share this quote consistently because I love it. Uh, so tomorrow is Martin Luther King. But before we get there, King Day, so uh, I want us to reflect on this question that I'm about to ask you. Where did you come from? Where did we come from? And who are we? Who are you? Who am I? Those are really big questions. And a lot of us still struggle with that, which is sadly, as Christians and believers, this is something we should, should know. We should impart among our kids downstairs. That, you know, our kids downstairs are not known because that's the tall one or that's the skinny one or that's the, the, the chunky one or that's the, uh, the, the, the kid with the, the bad hair. We, we don't play that game downstairs. Who are they? And that's the thing that you as parents and as people in a church, we must instill the right answer in our children. Who are they? So some people think we just got here, just randomly got here. Um, and I, I, I do find that I've done a lot of study, research, and, and, and uh, it doesn't make sense to me to think that we just kind of got here. Uh, some people don't even think we exist, uh, that we're kind of like in the matrix, which is really funny. Uh, so this whole thing, on, it's off script, this whole thing on metaverse uh, with Facebook and other companies. And uh, from what I heard, there's a, a mega church in Oklahoma started a metaverse church, uh, which is really strange. Um, and on a side note, off script again, I, I don't, I get it, uh, but it's not church. All right, so you know your own little avatar at a church, uh, sitting next to other avatars. Uh, it, it's cool, it's trendy, and I, I get the the intention, uh, but it doesn't replace this. And so, so some people think we just really don't exist. Others, like us, we believe that God created, and we went through this whole thing last semester that God created us, and that we are made in the image of God, and you are made in the image of God. So that when, say, when people ask us, how did we get here, we say, well, God created us. Now, how he did it, you know, is up for discussion. There's some people who say that uh, somehow we're, we're here by aliens. But that's a question Christians must answer. So in, in year 2022, the question is, where did we come from and who are we? gives everyone a foundation when they answer that question for themselves of their life. And because we are created by God, each one of us has value. So not only the, thus us who are in the building, but those who are outside the building, the, the restaurant right next to us, they have value because they were created in the image of God. And every person has that. And so as Christians, we believe that's the main foundation that gives us meaning and purpose is that we are made, we are not accidents. We are made in the image of God. And so as we celebrate this weekend, MLK, he too believed that. Let me read a little bit. I'm gonna show a picture of him. And, and MLK in the letters from a Birmingham jail, and you gotta read that story, it's powerful. But here's a small quote. There are two types of laws. There's a just law and there's an unjust law. 
A just law is a man-made law, a law made by man that squares or makes sense with moral law or the law of God. An unjust law is a man-made law, a code that is out of harmony with the moral law or the law of God. The law that lifts up the human personality, the human person, is just. And the law that degrades or downgrades human personality or the human person is unjust. And he writes, all segregation statutes or laws are unjust because segregation distorts the soul and damages the personality. And the reason Martin Luther King Jr. writes that is that there's, some, there's just laws and there's unjust laws. The unjust laws ruins the person. It degrades the person. And the reason MLK believes that is that he believes that every human being is of worth because they are made in the image of God. It's his foundation of everybody is of worth, no matter the skin color. And we are made in the image of God, and so this is how he writes this, why he writes this. He says Martin Luther King claims that there's a law above man's law, and that's God's law. And that's the Christian worldview. And it's a worldview that MLK had, and he makes this claim. Now the irony is that we live in a world that will celebrate him tomorrow, but will not celebrate his worldview tomorrow. As Christians, we will celebrate his worldview today and tomorrow and the rest of our days, because we do believe that all people are made in the image of God. So if MLK, I'm just speculating here, but I think it's a good guess, that he probably wouldn't get the traction today that he did in the, in the 60s. Why? Because he has this worldview that God created us. That's so archaic and, and you know, such an old way. It's, it, it wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be uh, praised, I think, today as it, it has been. So to, sadly, MLK's worldview would fall on deaf ears today. So how do we see one another? How do we treat one another says a lot about our worldview. I'm always a little frustrated, honestly, on social media. Um, well, people will make statements about those people, whoever those people might be. And those people could be anybody. You know, it could be like Florida State, Gator, you know, those people. Uh, politically, those people. Uh, I don't see too much, and I'm glad, you know, the racially those people. Uh, but you, you get a lot of that on, and sadly, sometimes Christians will, will make statements and uh, say, say horrendous things about political leaders that are opposed to our view. And I'm thinking, what is your worldview? Is our worldview that that person who we don't like politically is still has value and made in the image of God? So, we don't play that game here at Mosaic Church. Even people we don't agree with politically are made in the image of God. And so, 
and God loves them and died for them and sacrificed his son's life on the cross for them, rose from the dead for them. And if God sees value in them, uh, we too as believers. So our worldview is easily known by how we express uh, our, our emotions and our feelings towards other people in, uh, in humanity. You know, so uh, a, a person who might be in the corner of a street, you know, asking for money, it'd be so easy to just like, oh, get a job or, or, you know, get a life and, you know, those kind of things or just look down on people and, and that's not Christ-like. That's not saying that person has a soul and that person is made in the image of God and that person uh, Jesus died for and wants to heal and wants to bring back to relationship to the Father. And so, that's why we have to be careful as Christians because how we express our feelings towards others will tell us our worldview, period. If I see a kid jumping up and down like I did last week at a conference, I still don't know what his worldview is. I don't know. But if he loves his neighbor, uh, loves his roommate, uh, takes care of those who are in his sphere of influence, then I get to see what his worldview is. And same with us, how we treat one another, how I treat my spouse, how you treat your spouse, says so much of the worldview that we have. So, that's the challenge for us this year. I think today, if there was a new young person who had the same convictions of MLK, who has a dream based on MLK's worldview, it probably would not be heard. It would probably not spark a cultural revolution. And I'm wondering about us as believers. How we treat one another says so much about our worldview. In Matthew chapter six it says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I talked to a couple that were struggling with their family. I had a family member that was, that was really rude. It was rude, the stories they were telling me. And I told them, listen, the answer is not to get them to be less rude to you or to another family member. The answer is to get them to fall in love with Jesus because when we fall in love with Jesus and we're committed to him, guess what happens? He changes us from the inside out and we're less rude to our family members. We have uh, opportunities to express our worldview. We do this every Sunday. One is intermission. Intermission time is not so that we can annoy the introverts. So... Uh, I know that's hard for our introverts, but that's not why we have intermission. We have intermission for lots of reasons, and one is, hey, go use the restroom. One thing I love about our church, uh, the way we kind of do things is that we don't have a lot of people going back out of the service during the sermon, going to the bathroom and back, you know, so we're trying to compensate for that. Go use the restroom. Uh, get some water, you know, all those things, you know, stand up a little bit, uh, but really there's something even more important than all that is give you opportunities to greet one another. Give you opportunities to express your worldview towards another created being. 
So when you walk in this room, do you see another created being made in the image of God? That's why the avatar doesn't work because avatars don't have bad breath. Avatars don't have uh, BO or uh, zippers down by mistake or uh, you know, they're, they're, they got the wrong socks and all those things that make us human and all those things that will cause us to really challenge what our worldview is. You, someone who walks in the church may look different than you and so in an avatar, everybody's just generated to uh, some sort of computer perfection. But here, there's, it's, we're filled with human beings who are imperfect, who have bad days and have headaches, and we fought with our spouses on the way to church, and, and we're still fuming, sitting in the pew. That's humanity, and that's the person we have the opportunity to connect with because we have a worldview that says everybody has value. Speaking of which, where's my friend Enrique? Is he sick? Okay, we got to check on him. So, everybody has value. Do you see people who are made in the image of God who are worthy of a greeting? Now, I don't, I'm going to pick on one person, but not because I don't want to brag on somebody else. But my son-in-law, Eric, is a fantastic greeter. He is um, a greeter extraordinaire. And I wish he was here to hear me, but he's downstairs serving. Um, but Eric, when he walks in a room, he sees the value of the other person. When he comes into my house, I mean, he literally will uh, walk in and, you know, we're kind of spread out. And he'll just greet everybody, especially my in-laws or, or anybody who might be older. He'll greet and, you know, just go out of his way. It would be so easy if you've been to my house to come in through the garage, go in and go up to the kitchen where the food is. And, uh, you know, maybe, but what he does is he'll come in and he'll walk to the left where the old folks are, and uh, he'll make sure he'll greet them. And, and I could tell you what his worldview is without knowing. I could tell people's worldview by just watching them, how they greet one another. So the scripture tells us to greet each other with a holy kiss, and we don't do that. I'm not encouraging that, but I am encouraging us to let the worldview that you, we say and we speak out live through us and how we greet one another. So we don't say uh, we greet each other with a holy kiss, but we, we say, hey, you're worthy of a greeting. You're worthy of a greeting. In 2 Corinthians 13, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Now the word greet, greet in the Greek is more than just hello. All right? It's not like hey. It definitely denotes an embracing and saying, I, so glad you're here. So glad you're here. Andy, I'm so glad you're here. And she's from another town, so we're glad that she is here. But when I saw you come in, it just brought uh, a smile to my face. Not only because we have history together in our church, but you're made in the image of God, and we're so glad you're here. 
It denotes embracing one another. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad you're not sick. I'm glad I can embrace you. I'm glad I get to be your friend. It's not, it's not I'm glad you get to be my friend. I'm glad I get to be your friend. You see how you, you change that? It may sound the same, but it's not the same. It's not I'm glad you're my friend because I'm the one that has value and, you know, you're, you're adding to me. I'm glad I'm your friend. I'm projecting value onto you and, and I'm blessed I get to be part of your life. Not that you're blessed to be part of my life. We should be saying it back and forth. There was a young man in, from Nigeria, his name was Tunde. And Tunde told me in his Nigerian culture, it's, it's like very honoring culture. Like they could come into church and everybody's bound. If you're, if you're a minute older than the person, uh, the person you're greeting is a minute older than you, you you're bowing down. And the older they are, the more they bow down. And he says, like, all of, all of pre-service churches, people just bowing down to each other out of reverence and care and, and saying that you have great value and I honor you and I want to show respect. And we live in a culture that doesn't really do that. I was just thinking of our teachers. I can't imagine what it's like to, you know, for classroom uh, culture. But I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're doing well, and I'm glad I get to be your friend. So when we worship Jesus, we do it with our voices, our hands. We jump if we like and we can. Uh, we shout. But how we genuinely greet one another, I believe, is louder than anything that we could say with our voices. And I can only imagine God sitting on his throne just saying, yes. That's my church, how they greet one another. I want you to hear this warning. Um, I like to use analogies from time to time, so I, and I always think of Michael for football for some reason. But um, I imagine, and I, I have never seen it in person, and we got John, John back there who played football as well. I imagine your coach has yelled at you a little bit. You know, maybe grabbed you by the, uh, you were under Mickey Andrews? So yeah, so he yelled at you. So, <laughs> uh, you know, he grabs you uh, by the, the shirt and pulls you close and tells you something. You know, you, I can imagine, Michael, you doing that a little bit to a kid. I don't know if you're allowed to do that anymore. You know, uh, grab him and, and let him know, hey. But, but I tell you who he's not yelling at, Michael as a coach or Mickey Andrews as a coach. He's not yelling, he's not grabbing anybody by the shirt He's grabbing the person that's on the team. You know, he's, he's not grabbing, pulling some guy off the, the stands and yelling at him because, you know, what? no, they're not on the team. He's invested in the behavior of the player that's on the team. And so Jesus is going to rebuke his people who are on the team, and he's going to rebuke us. Not because he doesn't like us, it's because we're on the team. And when we're on the team, God is going to speak into our lives and grab us by the, the jersey and speak to us. He says, what sorrow awaits the Pharisees in Luke chapter 11, for you are careful to tithe, so that's a good thing, even the tiniest income, I mean, they are letter of the law, tithe even, even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, Luke eleven forty two. 42. 
and you should tithe, so Jesus commends them. But do not neglect the more important thing. Interesting. What is this more important thing? What sorrow awaits you, there's the warning, the sorrow that awaits you, Pharisees, for you love to sit in the seats of honor in the synagogues and, here's the key word, receive respectful greetings. Receive respectful greetings as you walk in the marketplace. So can you imagine them in their their religious garb and they walk in you know, to the store and they just walk around waiting for people to be greeted, uh, people to greet them. And Jesus is warning them, but I think he's warning us, those who are on the team, he says, you tithe, but you neglect the more important thing. You love to sit in the seat of honor and receive respectful greetings as you walk in the marketplace. What sorrow awaits you? For you are like hidden graves in a field and people walk over them without knowing the corruption they are stepping on. Wow, what a rebuke. Have you ever been to a cemetery and you were walking on top of graves and you didn't know it? Yeah, I have. I went to go see my dad's grave site last summer and uh, I was, to my amazement, it wasn't kept up. And before you know it, I was walking over people's uh, grave markers. And that's what Jesus says. What's gonna happen to these Pharisees? People are gonna walk over your hidden graves in the field without knowing the corruption they're stepping on. He says, hey, this is, this is not holy ground. This is unholy ground. And, and they're walking over you not knowing it. And these are people who were so full of themselves, whether it was pride, or, and, and pride is probably what it all was, but it maybe even masked itself in uh, a wall of personality. Well, that's not who I am. You know, and I get it. Uh, my wife is an introvert. Uh, I'm a, an extrovert. So some things uh, may become more natural to me with, with people than it does with her. But it doesn't say that in the scriptures, like only for extroverts. Uh, introverts are exempted. It doesn't say that. So let me translate it in today's language. Pharisees are people who say, here I am. Jesus people are those, are people who say, there you are. There you are. I haven't seen you in a while. So good to see you. It's been a week since I've seen you last. So glad that you're here. Another uh, negative teaching, Matthew 5. You have heard that the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Holy smoly. That should change our, uh, a lot of uh, social media. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? 
That's a hard one. Um, if you love only those who love you, everybody does that. Everybody does that. Just loving your own kids, everybody does that. Even not nice people love their own kids, take care of them, feed them. Jesus wants us to go there and beyond. Love your neighbor. Pray for those who persecute you. You'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. We will be acting out as true children of our Father in heaven. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that. If you're only kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even the pagans do that. But you who are perfect, even as your fa- but you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So what Jesus is telling his followers is be incredibly generous with your greetings. And some of you may not have the ability to be generous with your money, but all of us have the ability to be generous with our greetings. As Christians, we need to put aside our differences. And, and, and this weekend, for sure, we want to make sure we put aside our differences of skin color and personality and social status and economic status, political party affiliations. This is really important as a church, at Mosaic Church. I can't, I can't speak for anybody else, but in, in our church, we have to put those things aside. And, and why? Because those things are petty. We have to, we have to live at a higher level. You know, I was joke about, I remember, uh, and Ross knows this, I mean, I, I didn't really know he was a Gator fan until, uh, I think it was two years ago, three years ago, uh, which is many years in a row, but the Gators squashed us really bad, and, and I was ticked, and uh, Ross, to my surprise, uh, was not, and he was giddy, and I thought he was kidding the whole time, and then I got mad at him because I thought he just changed teams just to be on a winning team. Uh, but he really was a, a Gator fan. And for a brief moment, for like 15 minutes, Ross, I couldn't stand you, you know? Uh, but just think how petty that is. How petty to, to not like someone because of skin color, or personality. He's, he's too much of an extrovert. Uh, social status. Oh, I don't like rich people, you know. Uh, they're too snooty. Um, you know, I don't know if you know this, but in Spanish culture, there's like a social pecking, I mean, there's like a cultural pecking order. I didn't really know that, uh, but there is. That's so petty in the, the world of Jesus. That's petty. Doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter if you're Dominican or Ecuadorian or Argentinian. That's petty to say that there's a, there's, we shouldn't associate ourselves with them. And Jesus wants us to rise up to a different level, a different plane, and put those things aside and love one another. Matthew 5 really is telling us to go outside our normal circles and and encouraging us to stop seeing people as insiders and outsiders. There's a whole psychology of that. Help us to be like Jesus. Help us to greet one another 
and see people through the eyes of Christ. A friend of mine, a professor of mine, Dr. Fetke, wrote something. Uh, we're acquaintances. When I say friend, I might have, <laughs> might have been too... He, he doesn't really know who I am. You know, I, was, I was in his class, and so and he was a very tough professor, but Dr. Fetke writes... You know, Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, he talks about healing. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely I give. And he writes that healing the sick can come in all sorts of forms. It's like visiting prisoners. I used to think it just meant people who are in, behind bars, but there are a lot of people who are living in prisons that don't have bars. The prison of bitterness, the prison of like being stuck in a nursing home. Uh, those kind of, there's all sorts of prisons. And so we, we feel like maybe, and I, and I understand this, we feel like uh, we are forced to have, a, a, uh, for someone who maybe is disabled, an obligation as believers, to pray for them, those poor people who are in a wheelchair. But what might need healing is how we see the person in the wheelchair. It, maybe it's our minds that need healing and acceptance for the person who might be disabled. A couple of year, weeks ago, I talked to you about, right before the end of the year, I talked about my hair and my ear, and uh, I just did a funeral for a friend of mine, and, um, and in her photo album, there's the picture of me getting water baptized, and, so, and I told you about it, and I'll show it to you. I have it, and I'm covering my ear immediately. As I'm coming out of the water, so I'm like, yes, I'm like, I don't want anybody to see this. But as I look back, the reason I didn't want anybody to see this is because I didn't want anybody to think ill of me and to make fun of me and to give me some sort of value that was less than I, I made in the image of God. So I spent 30-some years, 33 years, covering this thing because it wasn't because I, I didn't know how to do I mean, I was used to it. It was my bad year. I just didn't know how everybody else would respond. And so, here I lived 33 years of insecurity where maybe, as I'm saying, maybe this wasn't that needed healing. It was how people saw me that needed healing. Because I thought I'd be rejected, looked as damaged goods. And, and sadly, in the church for a long time, if, you, if bad things happen to you, that means, whew, God's, God has lifted his hands off of you. And then you start backing off. Some of you might even feel like, like a lot of things have bad have happened to you. And you think like, <gasps> and then there's a social thing like, well, people might think, well, what's, what's wrong with them? You know? What's wrong with them? We don't, well, we don't play that game here. What's wrong with them is they live in this world. We live in this world. Sometimes people are, have bad ears and missing fingers and can't see and can't hear and get gray and all those things um, as a creative mark from our living God. 
a divine embodiment. And we value them here in our church for who he or she is, the way that God has made them. So tomorrow we celebrate MLK. We celebrate his dream, which was based on every human being having value because of God. That every person deserves dignity and justice because we're made in his image. Not just the ones that we like or look like us. Everyone is made in the image of God. They are human beings. They're made by God. And we must treat each other like they are made in the image of God. I would love, and as I wrap it up, I would love our church to be so filled with the Holy Spirit that yes, that we all speak in other tongues and our, our language change, but also how we greet one another. I think we do a good job as a church how we greet one another, but I wanna encourage all of us that we all could do better. It, let how we greet one another be an expression of our love for God and our worldview that we have, and it expresses itself how we treat each other. So uh, here's a grabbing of the shirt, kind of bringing you close. So this is a moment, so just prepare a little bit, okay? When we chronically are late to church, we're not given the opportunity to greet one another, for someone to greet you or greet, uh, or to be greeted, to be greet, greet someone or to be greeted. Uh, when we're not really interactive during our intermission, you're not allowing really the Holy Spirit to use you. There's nobody here that's like you. There's no, this is not metaverse, we're not cloned. There's only one Christopher, there's only one Adam, there's only one Daniel, there's only one Luce. And you bring out in us as a church something unique that only you could bring out. I shared this with my daughter-in-law, uh, that I see a, a mason that I did not know existed uh, I see a side of him I didn't know existed, but only because Britain was able to bring that out of him. If there's no Britain, I still get the Mason I've always known. But because of Britain in his life, I get a, a, a Mason I didn't know. And she brings out the best or something that didn't exist that made him better. So as awesome as Mason is, he is made better because he married Britain. And I can say the same thing for uh, Micah and Joanne and uh, Eric and Melise. I can see it. And them not being part of that hurts. Them being part of it helps. You being part of it helps. You not being a part of it hurts. We're not capable of being all that we, God has designed us to be. And I know I'm talking to the choir because you're here. Uh, but your, your attentive attendedness makes us a better body of believers. So, if you're an introvert, ask the Lord to help you, okay? 
Help the Lord to help you become something that's not natural. That's why we believe in the Holy Spirit, to help us to be supernatural. Some of us are so extrovert, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us to calm us down and to chill us out. And some of we ask the Holy Spirit to pull us out and pull us up. And so that's why we want to be led by the Holy Spirit. Now, you can make up from, not that this is a good, good, you know, sticking around after church is also a great opportunity to greet one another. So it's my humble opinion that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you think of yourself less. You think of yourself less and you think of Jesus more. So uh, hopefully we're directed by the Holy Spirit more than we are directed by personality or our emotional state. So this morning, let's pray and ask God to help us to have a worldview that is honoring to him and, and it expresses itself in how we love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, how you love one another. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you. Thank you for this day, the day that you've made, and we rejoice in it. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you uh, in a, uh, and honor you, not only with singing and clapping and celebrating and praying, but also how we greet one another. Say thank you, Father. Thank you. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to be the best greeters uh, this week and this rest of this year. Lord, we say thank you for allowing us that opportunity to express what you have impressed in our hearts. We love you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. May the Lord be with you. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.